This week, NLP expert Damon Cart joins me to talk about how to create long-term goals that inspire you and ultimately brings you fulfillment and happiness. Hello and welcome to episode 204 of the Working With podcast, a podcast to answer all your questions about productivity, time management, self-development and goal planning. My name is Carl Pauline and I am your host for this show. This week I am honoured to bring you a very special guest to help you with your 2022 goal planning and to build goals that are not only achievable, but sustainable and keep you motivated. Damon Cart is an NLP specialist who has studied NLP or Neuro Linguistic Programming for over 10 years. Damon has a very successful YouTube channel, which I have linked to in the show notes, as well as a thriving coaching business where he helps senior executives and high achievers build fulfilling lives. I am sure you're going to get a lot out of this episode and I highly recommend you get your notebooks ready as there's going to be a lot of gold in this episode. So welcome Damien. Thank you Damon. Thank you very much for uh, coming on this podcast and today we're going to be talking about goals and you well could you just give me a little brief introduction and what your background is so that people know from where you are coming from well uh that's an interesting question because i can give the background of uh film school and insurance agent or i can give you the nlp background uh, which is probably more uh, yeah (laughs) which is probably has more to do with what we're going to be talking about so yeah i started doing nlp um when I was, uh, well, my started my formal training in 34, uh, when I was 34 years old, uh, almost 10 years ago, uh, basically to, to work on my, uh, maintain my mental health. Cause I slipped into t- two depressions over my life and, uh, I'd heard lots of good things about NLP. I learned a little bit in, uh, college and actually, uh, that's a longer story, uh, for a different time, but one of my professors helped me come out of a depression my first depression uh, in one single session using NLP. And I was always thinking in the back of my mind, I got to learn this stuff. So I started my formal training at, uh, about 10 years ago. And I um, never thought that I was going to teach it. I never thought that I was going to become a coach. I was just trying to fix my insurance business. And uh, eventually over time, uh, I just couldn't s- stop doing NLP. I just kept going to different trainings, different teachers and got to a point where I was like, I have to teach this and I have to, and I use it in my life daily. And also I started coaching people and it just kind of took off from there. So yeah, a lot of NLP, and a lot of NLP training um, and a lot of uh, teaching and working on different NLP processes and techniques and models until I could really sort of come up with uh, the work that I do now, um, which um, is continuing to evolve and is exciting. So for, for those listeners who, who are not fully familiar with NLP, how would you kind of briefly describe what NLP is? I know that it's neuro-linguistic programming, but mm-hmm. a lot of people are confused by that concept. So, so how would you define what it actually means? It's how you make sense of the world around you through language and through 
when we say neuro, we mean through your senses. So we, if we put it all together and say, you know, your neurology, it's how information enters your neurology and how you organize it and make sense of it. Um, and how you, what comes to your feelings, your evaluations of the world around you, which also creates your beliefs. So it's how you put all this information together and make sense of it. And that pretty much dictates who you are, uh, what you will do, what you can't do, what your potential is, or how you limit your own potential. Uh, so if, you know, to try to uh, keep it as brief as possible, that's kind of what NLP is. And so in the language part of it is a huge part of how we make sense of the world. I mean, it's it, our thoughts are coded in language. So if you want to understand how you're creating your thoughts, you can look at the language and know how to do that. And then language is reflexive. So the language you use then reflects back on your thoughts and sort of confirms it or reaffirms it and makes it solidify more as your beliefs and your mindsets. So language is a huge part of it. Um, I know it sounds a little disjointed. I thought the same thing. Even when people start first start learning NLP, they're, they're still not sure how it all sort of fits. Like how does the neuro and the linguistic and the programming all kind of fit together? Hmm. And I never fully understood that until I learned uh, what we were talking about earlier before we uh, got on the uh, podcast, which was uh, the self-concept model. That was the first time I come across an NLP model that sort of brought it all together. And it would make sense that it would bring it all together into one concept, the concept of who you are, because everything emanates from who you are. Every, you're the entire world, even though it seems like there's you and then there's the world, but you couldn't possibly know the world if it wasn't coming through your projection of that. So your concept of yourself, everything emanates from that. Well, how do we create that concept? The way that we can break that down is through neuro, linguistic programming so <laughs> your neurology is, your language and your programming so this is a bit like the person who says i can't run so they've identified themselves as i'm not a runner i cannot run and yet sure. reality is if you can put one foot in foot one foot in front of the other you can pretty much run well so and and you you've you sort of simplified it where you're you're taking a statement that is a person directly putting it on themselves, but it gets a lot trickier when you make statements about the world around you without realizing what you're actually saying about yourself. For example, if I say the world is a hostile place, now it sounds like I'm talking about the world around me, but what am I saying about myself? What must I believe about myself if I believe I live in a hostile world? Mm -hmm. I probably believe that I'm a victim. Mm -hmm. So this is where it gets really tricky, yeah, where people yeah. think that they just live in a world that exists the way that it exists. But no, it's it's based on a belief that you have. But to go even deeper is to say, what must I believe about myself in order to believe this about the world? Mm -hmm. And that's where you start getting into the, the transformational stuff that I that I love, that I, I go, yeah. I can get lost in forever, you know? Well, this is something that I've come across as well, is that I... I Actually, way back in 2016, because uh, I, I used to read the news every day, and then uh, Donald Trump ran for president. And I don't know, I just noticed that the news just turned horribly negative. Um, and it wasn't just the US news, it was British news, which is what I was reading. It just, something switched in 2016. And I started to think that the world hated each other. And I thought, no, 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 this is not right. Because I, I, you know, everywhere I go, people are helping each other. Everywhere I go, people smile at each other. This is just an isolated instance. So I decided, okay, what can I do 
to change this thinking. And I realized the thinking was being projected at me through the news and I was absorbing that and allowing it to distort my view of the world. So I just stopped mm. reading the news. And now I just see happy smiley faces all around me. And I know there are bad things going on in the world. I live in South Korea. North Korea is what, 50, well, 35 miles north of where I live. Now, I know there's bad things going on in the world, but I also understand there's a lot more good going on than bad. And yeah. now I'm much that's more comfortable with what's going on. Mm. Yeah, that's why I love to travel. You know, I, I come back, I travel about every three months abroad. And I come back and people are talking about this or that or this, you know, these people hate us or that people, you know, it's like, no, they don't. I've been there. They're, they're really nice people. You know, it's yeah. like the difference between, yeah, what you're seeing uh, projected at you, like you mentioned, and then the reality of it where, you know, you can look around and see, you know, what's going on for yourself. Mm. So that's one of the things I love about travel. I feel, I feel less like an American and more like a, a global citizen. And, and I think mm. I have to, in order to maintain that, I, I need to travel. And, yeah. and I love it uh, before that. Well, that's what really what we are, aren't we? We are global citizens. Just being a citizen of a specific country is just a label, really. We're exactly. all human beings. Um, yeah. So uh, I remember somebody mentioned about what is a question that was asked to astronauts uh, when they actually go into real space, not not just the upper orbit. And mm. um, they say, what's the biggest thing that you notice? And they say, well, when you look down on the Earth, it makes you realize that all these countries, all these borders are just constructs by humans. Of course. They're not real. And I thought, mm -hmm. wow, what a wonderful way of looking at the world. And if John Lennon did speak, you know, imagine a world with no borders, what a different world we would live in. We wouldn't have a lot of the problems we have today <laughs> if it wasn't for that. Yeah. So exactly. uh, it's, it's a really interesting um, way of understanding how we view the world and the filters that we, we see the world through and, I, I've actually learned to challenge my filters quite frequently um, mm. because I, I wonder, where did that come from? That's a real great question. Where did I get that thinking from is a great question. So the reason for this podcast and the reason for inviting you was really to talk about goal, plan, uh, goal planning, achieving and setting, because I know, I mean, I talk on this podcast a lot about the importance of particularly long-term goals not, and, and short-term goals. And I know that people really struggle. And I do get a lot of people say, I don't know what my long-term goals are. And mm -hmm. I, I saw on your YouTube channel, a really interesting uh, phrase that you said, which is the least important part of a goal is the goal itself. Mm -hmm. um, so could you explain that a little bit more, what you really <laughs> meant about that one? Yeah, well, I, I'll give you a little bit of background where uh, that comes from, for me, is just uh, a lot of frustration around setting goals and not achieving them. And I'll, I'll tell people, you know, I, I would read so many books on um, uh, achieving goals and NLP, you know, has a big part of NLP is, you know, how to achieve goals. So what I tell people is I was really good at setting goals. I just was really bad at achieving them. And it always felt like I was trying to move mountains or I was, you know, trying to push things. And, and, and that's exactly what it was. It was more like I was trying to fit myself into clothing that was too small. It's like, I didn't understand really what the goal was about. I would just thought, well, that would, that sounds good to me. I'd like to achieve that. Or other people would think very highly of me if I achieved that. And I, I find that so often when I, when people come to me for coaching, a lot of their goals are based on not their own values, but the values of other people. They think, well, if I achieve that, then other people will respect me. Other people 
will think highly of me. And there's nothing wrong with enjoying that, enjoying people respecting you, enjoying people uh, thinking highly of you. But if that's the reason behind why, why you're trying to achieve a goal, well, it's going to be uh, it's going to be hard to motivate yourself to do it. You know that motivation of there's no guarantee that people will respect you. You don't control how other people think. So you're really throwing you're really putting yourself at the mercy of other people. And then say you do achieve it and you don't get that piece, you don't get people valuing you for it, then you're, you're more likely to turn bitter and angry and it's just going to be unfulfilling anyway. And then again, you, you're still at the mercy of someone else. But what if you go deeper and, you're, and you think to yourself, well, what goal could I fulfill or what goal could I achieve that would truly fulfill me? And most people have no idea what that is. And the reason why is because they don't know how to go deeper into finding out what are the, what are their own values separate from society's values, the the, the cultural values among the culture or within the culture that they uh, live. What are your true values? And most people never know what that is. And so I always talk about how important a value solicitation is. Every decision you make, every one of your behaviors, even if it, you're you have a habit that doesn't even seem to make sense. Everything you do is driven by values. You are trying to fulfill a value. Now, this is a good time where people say, well, okay, well, what really is a value? Because we, we overuse that word in, in, in our language, in our society. It's, you hear that all the time, family values, you know, or your country's values, or, you know. So what, so what it really is a value? A value is a generalization about an experience that's important to you. So we can take something as simple as happy. You know, you, it's a happiness is a generalization of many experiences that you've had, which you would call happy experiences. And so you make that generalization and you go, yeah, like I want a lot more of that. Who doesn't, right? Mm -hmm. And so we often will do things driven by the value of happiness without even re realizing it. And we'll, we'll set goals not, you know, back in the background, those values are driving the goal that you're setting, but because you don't really know what those values are, that, that they don't really connect. It doesn't really connect to the goal that you set. They're, they're so far apart and so misunderstood. It's so haphazard. So yeah, if you just focus on a goal and you focus on the strategy to achieve that goal, then you're on really shaky ground because you don't really know if that goal aligns with your deeper values. And so you can start doing things to move toward that goal. And then suddenly you'll lose motivation and you won't understand why. And you'll just go like, I don't know what it is, but I, I just don't feel like doing this anymore. Well, that's probably because that goal does not align with your values. But what happens when we get to that place and we, when we don't understand that this goal doesn't align with our values, we start beating up on ourselves. You know, we start pushing ourselves. you know, like, um, and you started asking questions or doubting yourself and saying, you know, maybe I'm not good enough. You know, maybe, you know, maybe I'm just not good enough to achieve this goal. And this is very destructive uh, to do this. And so we quit and then we feel really bad about it or we achieve it and it feels really empty. We achieve it and we, we celebrate for, you know, an hour or two. We feel good about ourselves and then we go, well, now I feel like I'm back at zero now. There's just nothing here. Like it wasn't that fulfilling. And then what a lot of people will do, and this is where I, I do coach a lot of like CEOs and high achievers, they achieve a lot of goals. They're really good at achieving goals, but they can't understand why they're not happy. 
or they are experiencing imposter syndrome. And so what they do is they go, okay, well, what do I do now? I feel directionless without a goal. I don't know what to do. I'm not fulfilled. Well, I'll set another goal. And I will go chasing that goal for another year where I will withhold that fulfillment because I'm not, the goal doesn't align with my values. So it doesn't feel good to do it, but I will push myself. I will must will myself. I'll discipline myself to do it and then I'll achieve it. And then I'll feel good for about an hour or two. Then it'll get really empty again. Then I got to set another goal. And people do this for decades. Mm -hmm. And at the end of their lives, they're wondering why they're so unhappy. And I've achieved so much. Why am I so unhappy? And it's, well, because nothing you ever did really truly aligned with your values. Mm -hmm. And so if you, if, if that's what you keep doing, um, it's, it's always going to feel empty. So you have to ask yourself, what really is the ultimate thing that you're after when uh, you, when you set a goal, when you want to want to achieve a goal. And if it's not fulfillment, then it, it's the wrong goal you know, everything should be about fulfillment. Well, how, should, how, how can it be about fulfillment? How do I know if my goal is about fulfillment? Well, does it align with your values? You have to do a value solicitation on that goal and check it out and say, okay, does this seem to fit? And if it does, you still need to, in three months or so, check back with it because you don't really know until you, you know, get in, get in the field. You don't really know until you, you start doing the work. You don't know if a goal really aligns with your values until you start working toward it. And as you start moving toward it, you have to then check back every so often and say, okay, is this really aligning with my uh, values? And a lot of times it won't. And that's when you need to be flexible and go change the goal, which most people don't do. They're like, nope, I got to do it. You know, if I can't, I must. And then, you know, really try to shove myself and push myself to do this. It's like, no, we are far more sophisticated than that. We need to go back and see, you know, is this thing really doing it for me? And some of the greatest discoveries you will ever have in your life is realizing that a goal is not really working for you, but you do have new information now because you've spent maybe a few months working toward it. And then you do another value solicitation on it and you'll probably still get the same values, but you'll have so much more understanding about it. And then you can say, okay, all right, well, I couldn't have possibly known, no, I couldn't possibly know what I know now without having done the work that I've done. And so now that I'm here, I'm going to change this goal into something else and then go toward more what is really fulfilling me, what is really working for me. And then again, you're going to tap into that motivation. Uh, you're never going to be without motivation if your goals are aligning with your values because values themselves are the motivation. And so you'll come up, you'll find the great, you'll discover more about yourself, which is always an amazing thing. Hmm. But these are going to be some of the greatest discoveries in your life, because you're going to find that direction that is really your true purpose. Well, you see, you've just reminded me of, a, of, of an, uh, a saying I heard recently, which was, uh, uh, you never actually fail, you just gain data. Exactly. And I love yeah. that. And you're right there. And actually, that was something that I heard you mention before, which was like, the goal is an instrument of measurement. Yes. And I thought that that's brilliant because that that to me is like, I know that my long term goals are going to change. I just know that. But these are giving me a direction that I feel very comfortable with. And I feel motivated every day that I wake up saying, OK, it's another day that I can move a step closer. But ultimately, mm. you're right. I, I think my biggest fear when I think about it is dying like my last breath of my life is sort of thinking, oh, I didn't do what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And so because I've, I actually understand that, I keep thinking, right. So my, you know, my purpose in life is to do what, do what I want to do, which is, in my case, I want to help as many people learn 
the art of productivity and time management. Um, mm. And I think, how can I do this? How can I do this? And this is like constantly <laughs> going around in my head. And I love that. It's, it's kind of, a new idea comes up, bang, that's a goal. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And I've got to control that sometimes, but boy, does it give you like, I, motivation for me is like fuel. Because when I don't feel motivated, that's when my energy levels I notice will drop significantly. Mm. Um, and, you know, because I'm human being, we, we have those biorhythms and it's up and down. I mean, I'm pretty consistent in terms of energy levels, but, you know, probably each year there'll be a few weeks where I just go. <laughs> of course, we all, yeah, we all um, need to recharge. Yeah, and I think it is. That's just it's like the body saying, "Okay, you've done enough for now. Just have a few days off or a few weeks off, and then get back into it." But it is. You're right. Once once you've discovered that, I think actually with goal planning, one of the things I always advise people to do is, okay, set the goal, be very very specific, be very clear, and very much in terms of LLP, which is like be very specific. Like if you say, "I want to lose weight," that's not enough. How much do you want to lose? By when? And really, do you want to be using the word "lose"? because it's more of a negative term. What kind well, not of- only that, you tend to find the things that you lose, right? Yeah. <laughs> so if you lost, yeah, you, you might find it again. So you might want to shed weight rather than lose yeah. it. But I tend to think in terms of, well, to lose weight, really, it's more about, I can see that now because I've learned it, which is it's more of a lifestyle change that people are really wanting. Not so much, you know, but that's the, the loss of weight is going to be just a part of the process of achieving the lifestyle that they want. Um, but I always tell them to say, why? Why do you want to achieve that? Because that usually gets them to start at least coming towards the idea of values. Because yeah, well, that's the, where you're going to highlight the values. There is kind of a problem with the word why. And this is something uh, they teach in NLP is like, you got to be careful with the word why, because it often is uh, when you ask the question why, especially like in persuasion and sales, uh, you, you're asking the person to justify uh, uh, a choice that you don't, you want, you want to remain flexible and adaptable because if it's an objection and you say why they're going to solidify that objection even further because now they feel like they have to justify it. So when we ask ourselves why it's kind of a confrontational word and what can happen is it'll lock us up. We'll go, Ooh, I don't know why, you know, the mind kind of can, can go blank like that. So when, when we do a value solicitation, we ask, what will that do for you? If you achieve that goal, what will that do for you? And that, that really drives you forward. You go, oh yeah, okay. When then you start, you know, what will that do for me? And another question that's pretty much the same question, just in different words. And I choose these words depending on, uh, you know, who I'm working with, uh, what, seem, what they seem to respond best to. So it's either, what will that do for you? Or I'll say, what is important to you about that? And so that's what we're really asking with that. What is the value? What is important to you about that? And that usually starts bringing this stuff up really fast. And so it's a little, um, and some people can respond well to the word why. It's not like a universal absolute across the board, but I notice a lot of times you ask somebody why, they'll lock up a bit. And uh, sometimes I'll actually use that uh, once I get a person moving in the direction I want them to go, whether that's persuasion or I'm coaching them, uh, then I'll say, then I'll say why, and then they have to then justify. And so it helps move them in the direction. But, uh, most of the time you get, you, it's just a word you have to be careful with, but asking what would that do for you or what's important to you about that? Uh, I find gets the most, uh, useful information. I like that. From the I, yeah, yeah. I do like that. It's a, what, you know, what will that do for you? Uh, why is that? Imp- so I'm using the word why, 
but how will mm. that be important for you? Yeah, I, I can see um, the benefit to that because it is non-confrontational. So, um, right. and it does, yeah, I can see that. Well, there you go. That's part one. Part two will be coming next week where we go a little deeper into identifying your values and you can use these to build your long-term goals and measure your achievement over time. It just remains for me now to wish you all a very, very productive week. <laughs>